In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today we have a very special guest with us, Mike Province, CEO of 3x3. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Bobby. Absolutely, absolutely. If you don't mind, uh, you know, walking us through initially of, you know, uh, just kind of maybe your career tra- trajectory and, and what you got you started with by uh, 3x3, that would be great. So I, I've been in and around technology startups and growth ventures for almost 30 years now. Um, along the way, have worked across different industries, financial services, manufacturing, military, lots of different things, but ultimately always coming back to data and to the internet and building building businesses on both of those. And I that's what brought me into, um, into 3x3. Really, my last few businesses that I've worked with have been entrepreneurial ventures inside of regulated industries. And so alcohol, obviously, is a very uh, regulated industry. And so I saw an opportunity to see how we could help consumers better find products in the right stores and help the small stores, the small retailers survive the turmoil that Total Wines and Amazon and the big box stores all bring to the mom and pop liquor store. And that's kind of been a recurring theme in my career. So I'm having a lot of fun trying to help the... uh, the local entrepreneurs that sell alcohol protect their businesses and grow. Awesome. Awesome. And tell us how you do that. What's, uh, I guess maybe if you can use a real client, if you can't just kind of overall high level walk us through that. We spent the last couple of years building a fairly massive network of local retailers across the country, across 37 states. And we help all of them in different ways. But the biggest way we do that is by focusing on customer engagement, by bringing the customer to the store, getting their foot traffic into the store and helping them shop. And that's a combination of educating them on product and where to find it, and also using very localized, very hyper-targeted marketing to bring the right consumer to those stores. But it's all driven off of a, a deep intelligence built around $10 billion of transaction data that tell us what the local liquor store consumer likes to buy and how they shop. Got it. And you provide that information to the liquor store owner or do you provide information or do you do marketing really to that consumer to learn more about those products? We share the information back with the the retailers about how their stores are performing. But more importantly, we use that data in an aggregated sense to build audience models, consumer models, the targeting both for the brands and the retailers. So our our platform has both uh, brands and retailers as clients, and and obviously they have different needs when it comes to acquiring new customers, bringing customers back, helping to retain them. But we the same base data is how do people shop for alcohol when they're shopping in local liquor stores, and and it's different from when they buy wine and beer in in grocery or when they buy it at at Target places like that. You know, one of the things as I was cruising, uh, you know, on your you know site and just learning more about three by three, you have a concept called Grow. What is how does that work? 
So Grow is the the consumer or the customer engagement platform that the retailers and brands use, um, but it's built on top of all that data I was talking about. So Grow essentially is a way of taking a very specific audience, say a red wine drinker or a whiskey drinker or a light beer drinker, and being able to build a model of what the attributes of that particular customer are and then going out into the market and finding all the people that look like that customer and building essentially lookalike models built from actual consumers of different products so that we can target the most likely future customers of the same product. And so for brands, it's important because we can help them work with their products, their brands, but also competitive products. For retailers, it's more about finding the right people locally who have the highest likelihood of shopping the local liquor store based off what buying patterns we've seen. And how does that location-based data really use to change the in-location experience for your, for your customer, for your, you know, the merchants that use you? Well, today with liquor stores, the in-location is really a combination now of walk-in and shopping traffic, but also curbside pickup and delivery and all those different nuances that have happened recently. Those have been emerging anyway. And so the location data is really about that magic number of five to seven miles that consumers tend to be within that radius when they shop local liquor stores. So it's not only finding them inside that radius, but then identifying out of all of those people that live inside or work inside that radius, which ones are most likely to be shopping for particular opportunities, occasions, discovery, right, in these local liquor stores, because that's what makes these stores different from everywhere else that you can buy alcohol. It's that opportunity to discover. It's the magic of finding something new. Because when you compare, you know, the 10,000 SKUs that a small liquor retailer package store might have to the 1,000, 2,000 SKUs that a grocery store has, there's not a lot of discovery happening at that grocery store. There's a ton of opportunity to find new things through tastings, through hand selling and talking with the retailer. And what have you seen, um, Mike, as far as, uh, you know, changes to consumer behavior, you know, throughout this pandemic, if you will? I think despite all the media around it, people didn't just start buying alcohol in mass. There wasn't a a run on the, the package store, if you will. What did change, though, mostly had to do with efficiency and safety. So people were making fewer trips. They tended to shift their buying to grocery because they were already there. And so the liquor stores had to take change their behaviors to get those customers to come shop. They had to bring in e-commerce. They had to bring curbside pickup in that they many of them had never done before. But you were also seeing a lot bigger basket rings on these trips. People are just stocking up. There was more, I don't know if I'd call it panic buying, but there was more stockpiling of alcohol. And so when you actually look at like the transaction data, you see these spikes in these troughs in terms of the way sales, weekly sales occurred over time. And it was very different from prior years. The good news is that kind of buying only lasted through about July 4th, and then people settled back into their normal shopping routines. But the sales were just a slightly higher. Essentially, the any organic growth stores saw came because of the restaurant bar closures more than it came because people were drinking more. They were only shifting their alcohol spend from on-premise to off-premise. Can you walk our listeners through uh, maybe a use case that exemplifies, you know, how some of your data is collected and translated into real insights for a client? Absolutely. We collect all the transaction data that comes through the registers in a store. 
So we know we, we can look year over year, month over month. We can look at behaviors down to the day, down to the hour. And so one of the big ways that we, we help retailers think about their business is simply merchandising, right? That basket that tells you what are the patterns that people shop for and what products ought to sit together. And that that's a very simple piece of analytics that we deliver back to our retailers to help them think about which products to carry, where to put them in the store, which ones to promote. And that changes, as you know, with with seasons and with occasions when it comes to alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And is there is there like specific, I'd say, like, do you go to retailers and say, hey, these are the two things or three things if you focus on nothing else to look at the analytics and, and do these two or three things? Or is it really dependent on the actual store location and, and the buying habits and all that good stuff? Yeah, as you might imagine, it can, even within a chain of stores, it can vary based off the demographics of the neighborhoods around the stores. And so we give them access to look at the different behaviors across their stores. We let them see what's happening in their local networks so they can look at, say, the state of Massachusetts, what's trending there. They can look in at New York or L.A. and see what's trending to get an idea of what new products they should be thinking about, try to get a little bit of lead time on, on the competition. But more importantly, we're actually starting to transition it from what bottles are moving through the system to what are consumers actually shopping for. So looking at things like flavor profiles or taste profiles, and it, given this kind of whiskey, what is that consumer likely to buy in beer or red wine? And being able to look across categories. So it's not just about predicting which within a category, which product's going to do well, do the best, but what are the right ones to kind of bring together for the right you know, the consumer that's frequenting, frequenting your store. And as, as you're working, um, you know, with these uh, liquor store owners or, or retailers, are, are you, are they seeing an adoption of, you know, of course, this is a cliche word at this point, but omni-channel and like tying in online buying and in-store. I know that, of course, the curbside phenomenon has, has expanded for sure, but are there things that you've done to help them use those analytics to, you know, either you know, go the other way and, and provide an online channel or, be able to you know predict what items to maybe push online or how do you how do you look at omnichannel so we began our business on the analytics side but we very quickly realized what retailers and and brands both wanted was us to do something with that data so you know our focus is a, is really a consumer or customer engagement technology business is to use data to drive behavior of customers and so what we've done with these stores is as they've seen the need and and you know and keep in mind that pre covid you know, maybe 5% of sales, 7% of sales were occurring online in stores that had it. That was probably a very small percentage of all the stores in the country. Today, you know, that number's settled back down into the teens and low 20s in terms of the percent of products purchased online. But more stores now have e-commerce because everyone scrambled to get it. So what occurred, though, was that they put in these systems to handle the transaction online but didn't give a lot of thought to, well, how do I make sure my customer shows up there, right? And as you know, with internet-based retail versus walk-ins, you know, brick-and-mortar retail, you have the benefit of being on a map. You have the benefit of people knowing where your store is. When you're on the internet, if you're a small retailer, you know, nobody knows you. You got to start from scratch and finding how you get your customers to show up. And so that's what we do. We drive those customers or those prospective shoppers through the funnel, get them to the store, whether it's their online store or get them to walk in. So we use all we use that data from the retailers to help better shape their marketing and move it from being 
traditional analog circulars, things like that, to digital and social media-driven engagement of the customer. And what, what is some advice that you have for independent alcohol retailers to adapt to, you know, new trends patterns using, you know, data analytics to, to be able to, you know, further their, their selling patterns and, and be able to reach more customers? Well, I, I think that the, the biggest thing is really to look at your business from the customer point of view, right? The benefit of analytics and being able to take millions of dollars of transactions and look at them in mass is you find the patterns of the, the valuable customers, right? Most stores that don't use analytics to look at who's coming through the door treat everyone equally. The reality is, you know, it's that 80-20 rule. So 20% of your customers are going to be super valuable because of margin, because of basket size, because of frequency, but you got to find them. And they all look the same coming in the door. So the only way to find them is to actually dig through the data and build programs that drive the traffic, that kind of traffic to your store. And those are the kind of trends that, that you know, the consumers or that retailers are need to latch on to. And the other piece is, it's really about setting yourself apart, right? So, you know, to give you an example, uh, there's a chain in Kentucky called Liquor Barn that's one of our, our retail partners. And they did a collaboration with Terry Bradshaw to introduce his new bourbon. In this time of, of separation from the consumer and limited access for consumers to come in the store and distributors and brands not doing as many tastings in store, the kind of things where discovery actually occurred, you have to get creative. You have to be able to go online and, and find the right partners to build that experience for the consumer and help them in their mind set you apart from everyone else they see on, online. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's a great example. Are there other examples of, or maybe just a favorite brand, doesn't have to be in liquor, that you you know think that they do a great job with the in-store experience? There's a, a retailer up in um, Massachusetts that is a full package store, but they specialize in, you know, high-end whiskeys and they've built a very a strong following for themselves in store. They put on whiskey weekends, they put on um, together programs and educational elements around whiskey and all of that just to get people in the store shopping. And I think that has really paid off for them. You know, Julio's is a is a fantastic store, but you know, what really sets them apart is their focus on the content of the experience with the consumer more than the products. Because the products, setting aside their high-end whiskeys, all looks the same as every other store that you run into. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, uh, just out of curiosity, do you know some stats off the top of your head of you know companies that maybe have, have used your, your grow platform and you know what increases they've, they've seen as far as you know either revenue or just getting to know their customers better? As with any marketing, there's not a direct correlation from digital advertising to bottles leaving the store. But what we have been able to see growth in, and I, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but we did see significant lift above what they had seen before in terms of foot traffic coming to the store that would, was linked directly to those ads. Shifts in the buying patterns from one category or one product to another within the category, uh, simply driven off of promotions around particular programs. So, mostly with our retailers and with our brands, what they measure and its measurement over time is: Are they seeing regular growth in the lift in the store? Are they seeing sales creep up? It takes eight, twelve, sixteen months or weeks for you to see impact from a digital or social program. It's not an overnight phenomenon. 
And so when we work with our retailers we're, and our brands, we're encouraging them to think about this like they would any other investment in moving customers from brand, from awareness to expectations to experience. And so that whole process, that journey takes time. And so our measures are things like, are they seeing more foot traffic? Are they seeing increased traffic on their e-commerce platform? Are they seeing shifts in the kinds of products that there's, that are going out the door? And we, we have, you know, with all of our retailers and our brands started to see very regular increases there. You know, and the, and the, um, of course, uh, during the, during these years, as you've been consulting, um, you know, companies and helping companies, are there technologies that you've seen that are, that have been adopted at a faster pace than you expected? Well, I, I've always operated in industries that were somewhat behind in the adoption of internet technology. It was, uh, yeah, so yes, I've seen, I've seen the, the technologies come along. I think, you know, one of the ones that's finally truly coming coming along and has been talked about for years is artificial intelligence. And, you know, for years, that was a marketing label applied to machine learning to make it sound sexier, make it sound more futuristic. But the reality is, at a commercial level, we're only now starting to see very rudimentary AI technology come in and be useful at, at any level of scale. But machine learning for years has been a very powerful tool for enterprise and for larger retailers and larger businesses and other industries to adapt to the online world. I think the, the small mom and pop stores have really been oppressed in that whole process. It's been very hard for them to get access to the same technologies. That's one of the things that I'm proud of about what we do in this industry is, just, is, is help them get access to the same tools that an Amazon has or that a Walmart has to, to do business. Makes sense. Makes sense. Absolutely. And, and are there technologies that you'd recommend really kind of liquor, liquor store retailers looking at kind of the future of brick and mortar? Liquor store retailers need to go through digital transformation like every other business in the world needs to do today because it's no longer a nice to have strategy for for a company but for a liquor store that means a couple things it means they need to be online and online doesn't mean they have a facebook page it means people can actually shop their store online but then they need to create that engagement of a why should i come into your store if it's available here well there's the experience that you can have in my store is vastly better than the experience you'll have just buying product and showing up and picking it up at curbside and so they have to weave that into an overall strategy for the store. For a lot of retailers, having a strategy for the store is step one before they even worry about all the technology, right? Having a reason to get people to shop there other than best price is their first step. But beyond the, the obvious e-commerce technology, they really do need to invest in digital, not just the marketing side of it, but the customer management side of it. it it's Still, even today, as you go in and talk to some retailers, they have a point of sale system that tells them their inventory for all their products. And some of them, they can actually initiate reordering through it. So the back end is all there. And yet every customer that walks in the door, whether it's the first time they shopped or the hundredth time they shopped, is new to them because they don't have any way of tracking that customer's behavior in the store and knowing what they want and knowing what they like and being able to react to that. So customer management technology totally crucial. You know, for our listeners that are listening on and, and, and thinking, okay, well, what do I do next? What's what's some kind of actionable advice for them of taking the next steps? Well, you know, obviously one next step is to call me or call my team and talk to them about customer engagement technology. But beyond that, 
I think just thinking about how can they make shopping an experience for these consumers because they're fighting an uphill battle against consumer behavior and people going to fewer stores and you know, and grocery stores actually trying to be more competitive when it comes to being liquor store like, right? Putting in beer bars and things like that. And so they have to invest in their future the way that these bigger competitors are doing. And and that means understanding the parts of their business that are unique and valuable and how can they emphasize that in the market. From there, you can then begin to build all that technology around it. And that's really what we come in and help them do is figure out an overarching strategy for how to transform their business and drive the right customer traffic. Makes sense, Mike. That was a wealth of information. Thank you so much. Is there anything I forgot to ask you that you want to still kind of share with our listeners? The only thing I would share is that our website is 3x3.us and uh, would love to talk to anyone who's struggling in the alcohol industry with putting their flag on the on the map, so to speak, or getting the right customers in the door. That's awesome, Mike. Before I let you go, uh, you know, I know you're from the North Carolina area. What do you recommend if once travel opens back up again, what do you recommend people doing and seeing if they if they visit your area? Well, as long as you don't come in the hottest part of summer, the, the mountains here and the ocean here are beautiful. So. Awesome. 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 Thanks again for taking the time today, Mike. And appreciate it. And I know it's going to be uh, this is going to be great for our listeners here. All right. I appreciate it, Bobby. Thank you very much. Awesome. Take care. Thank you much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.